the internet, and welcome to season 155, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck fuck Ben Shapiro, fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck Fondant. Fuck Don. Yeah. And fuck J.K. Rowling. It's Thursday, October 15th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Uga Shaka, Uga, Uga, <laughs> Uga Shaka, Uga. When you hold me with your thighs so white, you let me know. This Baja not Sprite, I'm... Hooked on Gene Wilder. Uh, that is courtesy of at Piggy Carnage. Uh, Spooky Max, happy birthday to you. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles is a guy who's always high, and Jack is known as a sweater. One's got big thighs and another calves, but they always make me laugh. And no, you can fuck Tucker Carlson, no. You can fuck the Cokes, and no. You can fuck Cake Fund, and no. You can get all of this smoke, no. Okay, shout out to Simone on the Discord, on the motherfucking AKA title submit Woo-woo. channel specifically. Shout out to the whole motherfucking Discord channel. I sees you, Hannah. I sees you with the with the goat AKAs. I sees you Mozali with the with the nice captions. I sees you toilet bound Hanako san. Everybody, uh, it's a group effort and it's it's a great way to streamline my social that media. That AKA intake. got the whole Zoom dancing. Everybody oh, yeah, was I mean, dancing on Everybody remember. Look, again, yeah. like I'm saying, we're going back to 96. So if I was listening to the score yesterday, I guess I'm busting out fan mail after after this. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, that 96? I, I feel like that's 97. TLC fan mail. <laughs> 99. Wow. <laughs> you want to feel old? It was 99. Wow. Damn. Was fan, I'm trying to picture the cover of the fan mail album. Was it was it like, like gray and spooky and just their faces like this and like yeah, TLC but it was, was like kind of logo. like tech looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very. It was ninety nine. Like, Wait, but fan mail is it fan email? Whoa! Oh, oh shit! That was, that was back when email was new. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna sit and I'm, I'm gonna let that digest. I'm gonna go eat some prunes for my digestion to. <laughs> Stay regular. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat uh, by the hilarious, the talented Beza Dabu. Hey, hey. What's hey. up, man? Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, it's yeah, so good to back. have you back, man. Do Let's you, just I get did... straight to it, man. Let's just talk NBA, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, we. Every Raider is like. Skip 30, skip 40, skip 50. Well, we already skipped 20 20 minutes of good NBA content that we didn't record before uh, before we um, hit record. I did this. I did your show years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember how many, but I feel like it was like two or three years ago. Uh, Uh, Hasn't been three quite yet. We're coming up on three. Or did we just damn? Yo, I think we hit the ninth. Wow. Time flies, uh, October y'all. 9th? Congratulations <laughs> to us. Zeit gang, we did it. Shout out hey, to y'all. Happy as well. third. What's third anniversary? Uh 10? I don't know. What do you get? Is that digital? a digital? Yeah. Digital card? 
eco digital digital get down. But anyway, we're, you were here. Uh, we're very sentimental, as you can tell, Beza. Uh, so happy third anniversary. <laughs> it's been a minute, but what was that? So what? Last time, what were we talking about last time? I have no idea. I have oh, okay. no idea. I think we just had a nice free flowing conversation. The that's Warriors were un- unbeatable back then. <laughs> uh, that's where we were at. Everyone's um, like, how do we play like the Warriors? What actually, do we do? it's interesting because if it was 2016 or 2017, the Warriors had just been beat. If it was 2016. Yeah, I think it would have been. Well, we started in 17. So this oh, probably okay. 18 because yeah. we were in our The Warriors were unbeatable. Yeah, the Warriors yeah. were unbeatable. <laughs> this, was, this was KD Warriors. Yeah, Warriors uh, were yeah. unbeatable. Super team. We were just talking about how all the bad takes post uh, Lakers championship with, uh, with people. So many bad like, takes. So many bad takes. Like LeBron's not the GOAT. The the dead dead spin has an article that's like at the top of all those Dennis blogs uh, trending right now. Like it's at number one on the takeout, and it's like LeBron cheated us all by like going all the way back to the decision what? to like the just the idea they're blaming LeBron for the super team. What's like the, the transgression exactly? The just LeBron is LeBron is so hated. It, yeah, they're just so hated. yeah. They're and like I think, he should have been like he should have been like Jordan and stayed with Cleveland and just gutted it out and like turned that team around. It's like, but, yo, if his GM is not drafting Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, right. then like he's got to make decisions. He's got to make moves. Also, Jordan was drafted to a large market team. Cleveland was not a large market team. LeBron made it a large market team. There's so much to say. One of the things that bothers me though more than anything is the idea that LeBron. LeBron is at fault for the league. Like people say like, well, there's an asterisk now because LeBron won. And this asterisk things bothers me because every single player that played had the same situation. Every team had the same situation. So how can you put an asterisk? In my opinion, an asterisk thing is if one team. So if you told me the Lakers were quarantined. Right. No other team was quarantined yeah. because only the Lakers dealt with COVID or something. Then, but like every team had COVID, every team had the same circumstance, every team played in the same gym, every team had the same benefits and losses and pros and cons. So like, it, there's no asterisks because it was equal for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also, think, you were pointing yeah. out like he wasn't the one who invented the super team. Like Boston was already doing the super team before him. They had their big three before exactly. Miami had their big three. Exactly. Uh, and they put an end to that Boston Big Three shit right quick. Yeah. He didn't. Um, he didn't join a team that was winning championships. He joined a team that was like the eight seed the year before. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But um, I think the, also those takes where it's like he he ruined us. I think is already an acknowledgement that he's the best because you're saying his gravitational pull is so immense that it th- it can throw things into chaos. It's like being like I don't know why the sun got to be providing us with all the energy. It really <laughs> fucked us over. It's bullshit. I think yeah. the sun is bullshit. It's like, well, then you re- acknowledge that you, that's it's the sun. You know what right. I mean? It's it's because it affects so many other things. So, yeah, maybe he did. Who cares? One of the things Stay that I'm like the biggest fan of anybody I know, but it's like I love Jordan. I watched Jordan my entire childhood. I wore nothing but Jordan jerseys and Jordan yeah. sneakers, and I still spend way too much money on Jordans. I love Kobe. He's an idol. He has put, He has had more of an effect on my life than most humans I actually know. And Kobe Bryant has had an effect on my life and my mentality, the way I think about things. And then I've spent the last decade of my life excited to win money betting on LeBron because everybody bets against him. (laughs) I love LeBron. And it's like, and it's like, it's so easy to love all three. 
Why yeah. do people have to ha- like? That is exactly right, man. That is exactly how I feel. Exactly. It's so easy to be like yeah. Shaq is dope, LeBron is dope, Kobe's it's dope. It's fun Jordan's to watch dope. people take the game to a new level, and LeBron is doing shit that like people haven't done before. That is right. dope. That is so fun to watch. And there are players that are easy to hate, like Paul Pierce. Let's hate on him. <laughs> yeah, hate on his ass. Especially with a hit, man. He was salty as fuck with his commentary. He shouldn't be allowed to be a commentator because Skip Bayless is getting ridiculous, too. It's like, you guys can't hate this much. Right. Apparently, some people can, <laughs> sadly. And the Bill Russell, we were talking about the Bill Russell argument that Bill Russell was the greatest player in the history of the game because he had like 11 rings and uh that is you know he is Different the time. greatest player of all time for a NBA that was the size of a rec league um yeah. eight it teams. was eight, eight teams uh he it was at a time when uh he was both player coach and announcer he introduced <laughs> the he introduced the Celtics uh he did it and, all man. Yeah, he did it all. It was, and then it was like and Bill era. Russell Bill Russell's a goat for his era. And it's like, I just feel that we need to we need to understand this stuff. They they say, Oh, in the nineties, Jordan had a tougher league where there were uh hand checks and, and, and the fouls were harder. That's true. Give him that. But if you're gonna play that argument, then let's go back. Then we also say, Well, there were no zone defenses. Jordan was facing single coverage. Um, and then like, you know, Le- LeBron is 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 being zone defense to hell. And then we can say, Okay. Well, Kobe had a little bit of both. (laughs) And he still makes it work. Yeah. So everybody had their pros and cons. Also, do you know what Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard would do to John Stockton? Like it's it's it's, oh come on, leave John Stockton alone. (laughs) It's it's just the idea that like, oh, Jordan faced tougher competition. It's like, no, he didn't. Right. No, he He would twist his ass up. And it's like Clyde Drexler, amazing, awesome player, one of the greatest of all time in for all stars, right? But like he's not better than even DeMar DeRozan. Right. He's he's not better than than Jimmy Butler. Do you know what Jimmy Butler would do to Clyde Drexler? So it's like Oh that- man. Jimmy Butler would hate Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler <laughs> was the always last to show up for practice, first to leave. Uh, I'm going to get Jimmy so Butler much hate. Not, do you know how many not- Portland people are going to come at me like Clyde Drexler would destroy these guys? Uh-huh. He was smooth. I loved his game. He had Me he too. was fun to watch. He was DeMar DeRozan though. People have to keep it separate though, right? Because it's not saying Jimmy Butler is going to destroy your dad after school. It's right. that in the time it's not it's not worth comparing these things. It's like, exactly. well, would Genghis Khan defeat uh fucking Schwarzkopf in the battlefield? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Are they using the same fucking weapons? I don't fucking know, bro. Like this right. is a, shit yeah, evolves greatest constantly. of that specific era. Goatsy. I That's guess what we it's- should be talking about, not <laughs> But it's, it's something specific we do with the NBA, because I, you know, I'm an actor. It's, can you imagine if I was like, yo, Denzel was amazing, and you were like, fuck Denzel, Tom Hanks is way better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait, what? Uh, like, okay. I like them both. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't do that. We don't Man, say- Man, Clark Gable the GOAT. Fuck Clark- out of here with all this other shit. Clark Gable never didn't get nominated for a movie he was in. Right. All all art is built on top of other art. Like you what right. Brando did was like influential and people actors like saw that, took it in and digested it and then built their art on top of that. And that's the same basketball is an art form and yeah. the same shit. You can't compare them and be like, "Well, 
this is better than that because it, like across it doesn't translate across seasons let alone across eras yeah because exactly. you're like oh oh if uh john stockton was such a good point guard how come he can't hit the sham god crossover exactly <laughs> it's like exactly. well the, it's the different you know what i mean he didn't yeah. no one was seeing that and Kobe grew up watching Jordan. LeBron grew up watching Jordan and Kobe. And and Zion Williamson grew up watching Kobe and LeBron. And like it's just it's just what what it's an evolution of the game. And I really wish we could appreciate them all. And I feel like so many people, especially the Twitter takes, is like, you're going to be 2050 talking to your kid. And I feel like you're not going to be able to explain to them the joy LeBron had because you had so much, you spent 10 years hating. Yeah, what's that going to be like hating. when people are just but old I think, haters? I think what they're going to do is be like, oh, I, I love LeBron. I, I I watched him do all this and that. Like, the, I think it might change. The narrative might change. Mm-hmm. Dad, tell us about how the <laughs> about how LeBron <laughs> ruined the league again. Uh, <laughs> no, damn it. it. Hey, have hater kids. It's like uh, Kanye yeah. said, you know? Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll be like, you know why the Lakers aren't good anymore? We haven't won in 70 years when they blocked the Chris Paul trade. That's what happened. <laughs> it's like, but you won after that. Shut the hell up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I get I get mad about the Chris Paul trade too. All right. I I wish we could talk about this uh the whole time, but that's uh, what Patreon's for. Exactly. There's hey, still some shit you to hear discuss. our trash basketball takes. Maybe. Um we're gonna talk about what Trump's been up to, just a running uh log of uh his lageria, his just mouth (laughs) diarrhea we're gonna talk about the fact that osama bin laden is still alive according to a trump retweet Mm -hmm. i have spent some time thinking about how donald can still win this election you know he he tells us what he's gonna do so i i feel like this is a likely scenario i want to talk through that nbc is giving trump a town hall opposite biden's town hall on abc uh which is a real questionable move on nbc's part um, well, they so, like to enable him. Uh, we will check in with what Beverly Hills has to say about how we should be celebrating Halloween this year. All of that, plenty more. But first, Beza, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? A friend of mine who is normally very smart and on point told me something that I didn't fucking buy. So then I Googled it. Hmm. And it's Osama about Bin Laden is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a cat's meow. Okay. Huh? And I have a cat this year new in quarantine. My first pet oh, of all shit. time. And I love it. I like her you described so it much. like a like inventory. I have a cat this year, new model. Bre- yes. <laughs> but I mean <laughs> it's it's the first pet I've ever had in my life. Oh, oh wow. that's dope. That's oh, ever? Not like ever, 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 ever. 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 Wow. Like I grew up I grew up poor in a small apartment. We couldn't have pets and like I and and I got this cat a month before quarantine so who knew how benefit it was going to be but anyway i love her very much but she said this is what she said she told me that your cat cat, she said (laughs) my friend told me that told me that all cats they don't meow to each other they only meow to humans right and and the only and the why is because they're mimicking a baby's cry i have heard that as well okay here's what but my response to that was I got my cat as like really like a couple days after being born at a shelter and taken straight home to a home where I live alone. My cat has never heard a baby's cry. So how right. could my cat be meowing, mimicking a baby's cry if my cat never heard a baby's cry? So I Googled it. Right. There is a lot of dissenting opinion about okay. this. 
about oh, the evolutionary I, biology of how the meow was uh, yes, incepted yes. into the cat. And if you think I didn't spend about two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I The way I had heard it is that it just evolved that way. So like it just like all, you know, random chance uh, kitten, like the kittens that got picked up and kept by humans were the ones whose cries like tapped into that short circuit in our brain that is designed to respond to baby's cries. So it's not that the cat is like doing an impression of a baby. It's just that their meow happened to have evolved that way specifically because we favored the ones who could meow. All right. Like all right. Cry. Stop meow explaining to us now. <laughs> uh, my, I have a cat. I have two cats. One of them straight up screams at night. <laughs> just goes, ah! Yeah, like, it's just like, it's not, it's to the point where I'm like, motherfucker, have you even heard another cat? Like, what is this? Because sometimes I I have been worried because it's like, and we're like, oh, fuck, is the cat sick or something? I go outside and it's just chilling and it's scree- It's like uh, one of her majesty's hair ties will be on the ground and it's just yelling at a hair tie on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is too much. So for a second when you said that, I was like, oh, no, has this been... Is something going on with the hair tie the cat's trying to tell me about? But I'm like, no, this cat's just doing its own thing. It's just having a conversation with this elastic (laughs) circle. That's amazing. Yeah, animal noises are... Some animals don't know how to sound like they're supposed to, for sure. Yeah, my cats are... They're in fa- they like they get a one out of ten on their meow impersonations. Yeah, because they're like it sounds like they're just going like ah. So <laughs> it's I'm like okay, I guess we're talking. My cat is very vocal, um, but she's so adorable. When she knows she's about to get fed because she sees me open the the door where the food is, yeah. and she knows her time. It's a nonstop until the food is in her mouth. Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Until it's there. <laughs> Give me um, that food. She, she has been the only real true joy in my life uh, uh, during this quarantine. I live alone and yeah, oh, right. wow. I'm single. And so it's like, this is a lonely ass year. Yeah. Um, so me and my cat have gotten very close. Kitty. And this is my voice to her. When I- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch LeBron now. Meow, meow. Uh, we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Oh, I have a good one of these too. Okay. <laughs> underrated. Oh, I'm going to lose. Oh, God, I've already lost people on the basketball. Now I'm going to lose people on this. I think that Dave Matthews Band has become underrated because because I know the face. I love this. The face that people make. I love this take. I love this take. So (laughs) I I grew up like everybody else my age in upstate New York or I guess the whole country. Loving. Yeah, we all grew up in upstate New York. Come on now. Hey, Rochester, you hear me? (laughs) <laughs> loving Dave Matthews band. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I get to college and I like learned that it was like lame Not to love cool. Dave Matthews yeah. band and like that they, you know, that they're, uh, I guess, dorky or something. I don't know. Like the fans suck so much that like their music sucks. And then I'm like, wait a minute. They're really good. Uh, uh, Carter Buford's one of the best drummers of all time, widely regarded as such by other drummers. And, like, their musicianship is solid, and they've now become underrated. Like, now I'm, like, afraid to say I'm listening to the Dave album, but, like, Crash is a perfect album. So, get off me. Fuck yeah, dude. I love it, man. Dude, that's the take. Crash is a perfect album. Come fight me. It kind of is. I don't love all their albums, but... I haven't revisited Dave since I went through that, like, transition where I was like, yeah, no, I never liked that shit. (laughs) 
that that was that was whack uh, and like hid my puka shell necklace behind my back uh in in my <laughs> freshman year dorm uh but that like there's got to be something to <laughs> how much i loved that like live at the red rocks album. oh my god oh yeah. my god that was like live all at central I park to is my for favorite months Live yeah. at Central Park is great. And it's, like, I loved Dave. And then the my ability to throw them away when everybody thought that they were not cool. I was like, oh, yeah, I never listened to Dave. No, oh, I, no. I, have, I didn't go to I, every concert. I got one of those playlists that, like, you'll always listen to. Uh, fucking so much to say is will always so be on that motherfucking to playlist. Say, so much to Cause say. Because the drum, <laughs> the fills in that, Carter Buford's fills on that track. You guys, there's I, some. I'm, ooh. Carter Buford is. An incredible he's drummer. He's, nasty, he's an incredible yeah. drummer. He does one of these things that's so wild. You know, most drummers have four surfaces because they have their two feet and then they have their two sticks. But mm. Carter has seven because he plays with his dick. I heard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because his left foot he does he does a toe on the hi hat, but he has a heel on something else. Oh, oh wow! Shit. So that's three. And then for his hands, sometimes he puts his. He puts the hands in the middle of the stick and he uses both ends. So it's wow. like nunchucks almost. Holy yeah. shit. When you can get that on hi-hat, because you see some people who can go nasty 16ths on a hi-hat by yep. that, like, middle, that mid-stick grip. I mean, you know, salute the drummers out there. So oh, wow. anyway, so anyway, I'm, I'm here to say now that I'm old enough that I don't care what you think about what I like, I love Dave Matthews Band and they're really? underrated now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go, Drum go out in the streets with your crash t-shirt on and let Gen Z tear you to bits in the streets. It's yeah. interesting to, I, I forget where I was uh, reading or listening to a podcast that was like all about drummers and how they're like the goalies of the, of bands where there's just like, they're just like slightly off and everybody in the band is just like, yeah, no, they're like almost a different species of human. Like their brain just like works slightly different. Like really mm -hmm. great drummers just like process time differently than the rest oh, yeah. of us. Um, yeah, but that's I mean that's every wild. Great... Like the thing you're describing about Carter Buford, like that shit, it seems impossible to me. Like that seems like you would need mm -hmm. a machine to do that. Yeah, you listen to some songs, and I'm like, this has to be three drummers, right? <laughs> Uh, what is something you think is overrated? <laughs> All right. I feel strongly about this. Hit him. Th this is before Corona when we could go to the movies. Mm. 3D movies. Overrated. Okay. okay. In fact, when I go to the movies with a group of friends and they're like, we're going to the 3D one, I'm like, I don't even know if I really want to go. I'd rather go to the standard one. HD, yeah. great. IMAX, great. Love an IMAX movie. But if I got to put the glasses on for the 3D, I don't. It doesn't enhance the experience for me. It's like it sort of just looks tacky, takes me out of the film. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a movie now. And it sometimes gives me a headache. So I think like the the wear the glasses 3D thing overrated. OK, yeah. I mean, what was the? I feel like because Avatar was such a vibe for people. It fucked up the whole market after that because yeah. they're like, you know what, mm. dude? If we just say some shit's 3D, they're going to watch this Percy Jackson bullshit. I don't right. give a fuck. Just say it's 3D. And if you have to do it in post, fuck it. Um, but yeah, it really did. I think I only saw one other 3D film after Avatar and it didn't even come close. And I was like, this is so See, sometimes such bullshit. I want to go to a movie and the only available screening was the 3D. Right. Yeah. So then you're like, you know, you're watching Spider-Man in 3D or something. And then I'm like. I paid extra for this because it's supposed <laughs> right. to be 
quote unquote a better experience and it's a worse experience. But that is, I felt like at one point, I mean, I'm making this up, but I felt like at one point, you know, period dramas were in 3D. It was like uncut gems in 3D. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I watching Adam Sandler scream at me in 3D for? Well, Hugo was, I, I feel like Avatar and Hugo were both like pretty great 3D experiences for me. Like I really oh, liked I never saw both Hugo of those. In the theater. And then and then everything else has been garbage. And it's 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 really weird. It's like why they just didn't learn the lessons or they didn't pay attention to I, I guess you just need so many different things operating together to pull off like a like artistry in 3D. Cause like, yeah, James Cameron spent all the money on Avatar yeah. and then Hugo, you have Martin Scorsese. But like you need an artist who is like at the center and like has enough gravitational pull to make everybody like, you know, invest in that idea. It can't just be like hacked together after the fact, like a lot of uh, the 3D, like basically every other 3D. I don't think there's been another good 3D experience than those after Corona. If you can get people excited to go back to the movie theater again and they can get people to get excited about going back to a packed movie theater again. You now also have to get people excited to wear glasses that thousands of strangers have also previously worn. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't know how we're gonna do on the 3D glasses experience. Yeah. It's gonna be like a bring your own type thing. Where yeah, they like, you found a new thing. Glasses. It's like, all right, well, look, we're adding 15 bucks to the cost of the ticket, but now you own them, and uh, you come back 3DG. and you have to pay. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to your myth, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And Beza, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? I think that there's a myth of the liberal bubble. Mm. This, because, you know, people talk about, like, especially politics now, it's like, oh, you guys in your bubble, your elitist bubbles, your liberal bubbles. And I, I just, I'm, I'm starting to, like, reject that. I, and I feel like I once believed it. But what does that mean? The liberals that I know the progressives that I've been around my entire life raised in a progressive household from a activist family. And then, you know, went to a progressive school in a progressive city and blah, 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 blah. So I've been in the most quote unquote liberal bubble places a person could be in. But that means that I learn about other people, visit other places, travel all the time. Um, I'm in diverse cities, meaning diverse people in diverse populations. Um, I've lived in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, born in Boston. I, I am constantly traveling. We're constantly reading and constantly learning about other people and meeting different walks of life from different economic economic and socioeconomic backgrounds. It's the other people that are in the bubble, right. the ones who don't leave their town, don't learn about others in a very homogenous, white, socioeconomic, predominantly uh, Anglican. Like, that's the bubble. Right. I, re- I reject that we're in a bubble. I I propose that they're in a bubble. Right. I mean, like the media bubble for sure is real. But I think, yeah, to your point of like experientially, they're likely your likelihood of being exposed to like many different people and cultures and then still being very conservative. Uh, I think it's like, you know, the chances go down a bit. But there's something about like I forgot I was talking to my dad and he was talking about like a very interesting point about how, you know, that life is all about change. And that most people don't like change, but the 
constant changing of things is actually what life is. It's the beginnings and endings of things. That's how we perceive life. And for people who are open to these newer things, they're open to life because they're open to change or things evolving, whereas conservatives are absolutely against this like evolving, like they're sort of stagnant in this place where at their own peril, it's like fucking preserve everything as it was from this moment and putting a fucking, you know, just time capsule where that nothing can get to. And that you're also seeing how that's like what that looks like too. So yeah, in that sense, yeah, that bubble is sort of about being in this very protected world where nothing that you thought it was challenged and you can go on thinking that everything up to this point is fine. The status quo. Yeah. I mean, there's a great thinker writer named Ayad Akhtar. He wrote a book called Homeland Elegies that just came out recently. Um, and, and he wrote a play where he talks about conservatives, very similar to what you said, that they want to, they want, they want to go back to sort of the time that things were written in. And a lot of times they're religious, but it's confusing because the Bible was written by desert people who lived in a desert where life was hard and relentless and something to be suffered through. And if they want to go back, but they don't want to go back so far that we cut off the hands of thieves and kill the unbelievers and stone wives and, and do things like right. that. So it's, it's how they pick and choose. Right. Is, is very confusing uh, uh, to me, yeah. but they yeah. pick and choose to suit themselves. And they also define or design a version of the past that, suits themselves and that never really existed um you know they they fox news has created and the mega movement has created a version of the 50s that didn't actually exist yeah um, i would agree with you that my i guess my social media feed is a bubble yeah totally yeah. i mean i mean without I've denying it, it so yeah. yeah but i think it's about whether or not you have the awareness around that of like whether or not people most people don't have the awareness to think like they're probably only getting their no- news from like one source typically or two typically and sort of just always say like that's it i don't need to look much further than how i'm reading this reporting on a certain event versus like constantly maybe pursuing as many different angles on something um because i think a lot of the time you know our media diets help they they soothe us a lot of the time too. Like they, if you're a conservative, like you want to hear about liberals getting pwned, so right. you can just be like, oh good, good, thank God. Like they're getting pwned and they're crying because they're getting brutalized. And then for other people, it's like, yes, Trump's getting smashed in the polls or whatever, without really even or certain uh, aspects about how his presidency is like unraveling, without taking a second to be like. Okay, yes, that is one version of this story. There's also another there's another reality where like reading these things too can also have an effect where it's I'm beginning to I don't know. It's it's more the risk of uh losing sight of like maybe how um severe certain issues are based on how like reporting is given to you and like your media diet, but yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's I, I think empathy is really the great divider is whether or not you can look at someone who might be in a different world than you and for a moment be like, yeah, that could be different. That might be a different experience rather than being like, I know what it's like to live in San Francisco and the homeless people are shooting heroin into their raised in their scooters and they're going off the golden gate bridge with, you know, the hip. It's like, yeah. Or you, you know, you land in Chicago at O'Hare and you got to start dodging bullets because everyone's shooting everybody in this criminal place. You know, I started thinking about this more though, because a lot of the activism work I do is, is around representation and, 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 and how, people of color or are portrayed in the media and the lack of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And one of the studies is the USC Annenberg study that came out a few years ago. 
And it yeah. said that um, Manasa people, and Manasa is Middle Eastern, North African, South Asian people, right? So basically brown people of the Middle East and South Asia were 22 series regulars on television out of 2,000 series regulars, okay? So about 1%. Wow. And of those 22, 17 of them were threats. Mm. Wow. They were threatening characters. So it also said that most people in America don't have a friend outside of their race. And so yeah. when, you, when I hear that, it's so mind-boggling to me because in my quote-unquote bubble, I have friends of all races and all genders and all you know orientations. Yeah. And so it's mind-boggling. But then you start thinking about a lot of these places – and I'm like, yeah, I get why you might not have a friend outside because you live in such a homogenous town and you don't travel. And so if now it's true that you don't have a friend outside of your race, so you don't have a friend who looks like me. And the only time you ever see anybody who looks like me is rarely on television. And 70% of that time, they're threats. Of course you're afraid of me. So of course you love Trump's Muslim ban. Of course you love the shithole country's comment. Of course you love that stuff because the only thing you've seen are the threats once in a while on television. You don't actually have the person-to-person -person right. connection with somebody. Right. That bubble specifically is defined by a lack of information and a deprivation of exposure to other points of view. Uh, whereas the liberal bubble... I think can be too steeped in, you know, or too too dismissive of that very specific point of view, like too dismissive of, you know, NASCAR and the values uh, of middle America. But there are attempts by by the New York, you know, the New York Times after the 2016 election became obsessed with like exposure to like that way of life. Yeah, but I, the liberal bubbles also has a lack of information too, because yeah. it's it's just about getting you to the to talk about a problem and not solving it. Yeah, and that's where I see a lot of liberal people fail, and when they try and engage with like really big systemic issues, is that it's like, yeah, it's bad, it's yeah. bad, and yeah. it's like, go on and mm. <laughs> correct, and it's bad. Correct. Yeah. And it's like, right. no, see, we need more people to say it's bad and this is what we need to do. Like we we don't have enough the liberal diet of media diet also doesn't give people the imagination to solve the issues. It just takes you to the river, it doesn't tell you how to drink. It's just like I, right. I think what river, we're saying is that like both sides have an equal amount of hypocrisy for sure. Yeah. Oh, always at the end of the day. But I think to your point, there there's something a little more specific to what you started off with. I think experientially there yes. certainly is this idea of like living in a city or something or a progressive area somehow makes you like think because I've seen how people talk like they're drinking unicorn blood and they're frappuccinos. And right. it, it's like, what? Right. That's exactly right. All right. You know, we were just talking about uh, kind of the general melange, the general zeitgeist of uh, the news. But let's talk. Some specifics of what is happening right now. Uh, the president is out here. He is uh, doing his best to get things back on track. Uh, he was in Pennsylvania. Uh, and yeah, he, <laughs> he he's, never fails to come up with new looks. He, yeah. he had a new look. On on the campaign trail, he's, got, he's you know he's a chameleon. He's always adapting. He's desperate. It's sickening. It's all depressing. But uh, Pennsylvania is obviously is getting a lot of attention from both candidates. Uh, Trump bear. He, I think he lost by less than one percent 
uh, in the 2016 um, race. And right now, the Trump administration is filing like lawsuits left and right to try and gum up the voting process, specifically, especially in like Philadelphia, where a huge portion of the state's Democratic votes are going to be coming from. Um, Biden has been visiting Pennsylvania more than any other state uh, since September. And like his ad spend there is only second to Florida. So they're very focused. He's, you know, numerically in the polls leading. I don't you know whatever that means. Uh, but. Trump absolutely needs to win Pennsylvania. Like his numbers are tanking and like a lot of the other previous battleground states, you're seeing the campaign pull ads to try and focus the little money they have into some kind of winning strategy to get more white grievance voters to come out. So he goes to Pennsylvania, you know, he's out here fucking nonstop begging for votes like and literally begging. Quite literally begging for votes. You guys and, see the thing that he said about suburban women, please like yeah, me? Yeah, that's what we're about to get to. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, he, seeing how bad he's doing in Pennsylvania, he just made it very clear, very specifically, which demographic is really fucking up uh, his chances. And because he's coming out here with his with toupee in hand, or hat in hand, I'm sorry, saying, please, please, uh, just listen to this. Listen to this. Oh, I don't know. It's fucking sad. I ask you to do me a favor. Suburban women, will you please like me? Remember? Please. Please. I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? The other thing, I don't have that much time to be that nice. You know, I can do it, but I got to go quickly. We don't have time. They want me to be politically correct. Oh, yes, let's discuss it. Let's talk about it over the next 10 years. No, no, no. No, we saved your, you, we saved suburbia. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, like when it goes from like, shout out to my suburban women and people are like, yeah. And then he's like, gets into specifics and it just goes like dead silent. They're like, wait, what, what, what? is, what is, is he like following this down a path of it, trying to reason this he out? He said, they're trying to get me to be politically correct, but I'm going fast. Then, you know, what are we going to talk about it for 10 years? What? What? <laughs> you're 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 tanking with because your rhetoric is so fucking awful and you are in an active campaign to take away the rights of, of women especially to have any kind of decision over their bodies or any human being for that matter so yeah it's it's running a bit afoul with the 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 women who are living in suburbia but also uh i mean I, I don't understand how begging is like the tactic. It's I, I'm sure they're like, you got to it's like right before that's like, I know you're not going to listen, Mr. President, but if you can <laughs> just say something that would soften your image with suburban white women uh, because they helped you a lot big time, uh, that would be great. And he's like, yeah, great. I'll soften it up. Come on, women. You want to like me? Can you do All me right, one favor? It. Can you like me? At the same rally, this is where he... I don't know if you guys saw the clip of him dancing to yes. people. And do you think, do you think it's like ignorance of that? The village people is like a gay anthem or do you think it's like a weird spin? Like we're going to take this gay anthem and make it a MAGA thing. Yeah. I think it's just, he doesn't care. He's there's too much but, nuance there. You've but, lost Trump, what but do I you guess, mean it's gay, but you're both saying that he knows. I think I think probably he's generally aware. Like he knows the village people are like gay people in leather. 
Yeah, I don't. Maybe he's just like, but it's a bop. You know, I don't discriminate. <laughs> when the shit slaps, the shit slaps. No time and for also, ignorance. They can like he he thinks he's owning them by playing their music. Because are they are they did they sign off on? Did they no. ask? No, no. He's been doing so. this then, the whole time. Like right. I, so then like, they're getting a check. And the next but, one, the next one is uh, he always plays "Losing My Religion" at the right. top of a, a thing, and I'm like, Michael Stipe hates you. Like, right, hates you. Yeah, that's wild. Is it? Is that just because he? It's a song he likes. Because that doesn't really even like. That's so not of, really a like one party of my favorite, rock anthem. One of my favorite follows is Aaron Rupar on Twitter because mm-hmm. he. I don't. I can't watch a whole Trump rally, but he like puts like the highlights of Trump press conferences, Trump interviews, and Trump rallies on his Twitter. So you can yeah. watch like eight minutes or something of it. That's like a recap. And so I I follow that a lot. And sometimes it's the beginning of whoever's introducing him and i swear to god it's always like rem and like these like 90s alternative rock jams and i'm like these people hate you yeah and they're constantly like threatening with cease and desists after the fact because like he's not getting it when they're like don't hey fucking don't right like (laughs) all right i guess we have to fucking sue you you fucking asshole yeah but the dancing the dancing the village people and being so anti-gay in legislation and then like dancing to a gay anthem is just so bizarre yeah. yeah well i mean i think for him he's like what do you mean uh, it's, it's become bigger than that go to any sports game in the country they're playing this song it's just a just a fun fun jam about a a cool place to go when you're a guy down on your luck i saw a, a video on instagram that i think was a tiktok of someone saying that he falls asleep crying to macho man which is <laughs> i want to be a macho man <sighs> He Just, does. That dance, though, was like that Oof. needs to become an iconic clip like that goes no. down in museums. Just him doing the little like the knee mom the, dance. The uh, knee bend. It's a yeah, suburban yeah. woman dance. Yeah, suburban woman dance. He, he's See, like, what do you uh, mean? I was softening it up for I suburban women. I <laughs> um, love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And the other place that the the president is on a roll is on Twitter, where he is retweeting just the wild conspiracy shit. Just straight bullshit now. Yeah. Like yeah. the president arting the nonsense. This Twitter user, Oscar the Midnight. I'm not fucked. Whatever. I'm not going to fucking give this person. Just some fucking guy on Twitter. Okay. He retweeted just some guy who linked to this article and this tweet that trump retweets reads hiding biden and obama may have had seal team six killed explosive cia whistleblower exposes biden's alleged role with the deaths of uh, seal team and claims to have documented proof retweet and this article is just in djhj media uh which is a absolute dumpster fire as has nothing to do with anything close to legitimate journalism and it's all about I don't know. I guess it's a death blow to to the Biden Harris campaign where they're alleging that Joe Biden had SEAL Team 6 killed and then covered it up by paying Iran money under the guise of the fucking nuclear deal or some shit and then Bin Laden may actually be alive and Biden is actually behind a bunch of CIA crimes. Okay, I, I, might, believe the, I might believe I don't know the last why part. you're saying it like you don't believe it. <laughs> the last part I believe because if they said like and he might he might have engaged in some war crimes, I'm like, well, you know, it's 
It's called, it's called being on the executive of the United States of America. I read, I read because, okay, so the dude who was on the SEAL team that killed yeah. Bin Laden tweeted today that Obama gave the order and he wasn't a double and stopped this. And it's weird yeah. because that guy is a huge Trump supporter. Um, but even he came out and was like, this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, he's like, it's like trying to dunk on his like greatest achievement. I'm sure as like a operator, you're like, hold the, you're not taking this from me. I don't give a fuck. All the people underneath the tweet were like, nope, you were involved in a deep state, uh, you know, this thing, this thing. And it was, but one of the things was the reason why they think it's real is because bin Laden hadn't aged in 20 years. If you look at the pictures. Right. And, and that. Especially if he's in caves, like he would age. And I have two part response to that. I'm like, first of all, the whole thing about caves is just racism. He wasn't in caves. He was always right. in like mansions. Right, he was, right. You just think that Afghanistan is all caves, but it's not. Like the whole thing about caves was never a thing. No one actually hey, I thought saw Iron that Man. Bin Laden okay. was in caves. It's all caved out. They they think these people they think like right. these terrorists were like actually in caves. It's like no, they're in mansions. They have houses. You just keep saying caves because it's racist. And then the other thing is that like he didn't age. What he he looked old as fuck. Right. <laughs> he was on yeah. dialysis. Yeah. He was doing terrible. He <laughs> looked like shit. I mean, all the fucking gaslighting and wacky shit that there that's coming out of the right right now. It, it's truly next level. I mean, Rudy Giuliani's just blurting out the absolute anti-science bullshit about coronavirus. We're out here now. The president's retweeting shit that Biden had SEAL team. It's it's all very, very desperate. And I'm not sure what they, I don't know. I mean, this is, there's, I mean, nothing is off limits at this point. So, yeah, just all, all they have to do is make uh, the other side exhausted, uh, which, you know, A plus job there. They've succeeded. Right. We're fucking so tired of of this. And they also have to just like make the reality like questionable, make it make it so that people don't know what's real and what's not anymore. And like that certainly is happening with his followers. Uh, You know, imagine being that SEAL Team 6 guy and like you can't even like the thing that you are known for is suddenly taken away from you by like your fellow like it's just everything is a shifting reality it's you know all you have to do is look at uh putin's propaganda master like built out a whole plan of like how you do this and mm-hmm. this is exactly what this is exactly what they're succeeding at this is why like the the polls really shouldn't make anybody uh, feel better because we've never dealt with just a straight up, you know, authoritarian who is using propaganda full out, like full stop. Yeah. Uh, and there's even reports Fox News, the newsroom is like, there's reporting coming out that they're on board with whatever the fuck they got to say on election night, like even out of the newsroom, um, not just the uh, like opinion ghouls of the Ingram, Hannity's, and Carlson's. They're like, on board with the Trump administration with whatever they have to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's really I weird mean, to me because I I always feel like and still feel like Ted Cruz and Rubio and Graham, these people clearly obviously all hate Trump and are right. and are doing this thing over the last four years because they feel like they need to like strengthen the racist base. And and I and I get that. But then I'm like, so why do you want him to win again? Like you guys secretly hate 
Trump. Right. Because it's, it's just the way the, the machine works, you know, like they're they're in this party and they have their base that they're now suddenly beholden to. That's like a completely different look or at least much more aggressive in how sort of like violent and racist they are. And they're like, what do I fucking do? Do I I speak my conscience and then just have these people fucking right. threaten me to death? I mean, it's or also I clear that they out. It's just all it's they're just they don't know what to do. It's so clear that they go home to their wives and are like, God, this fucking idiot. Right. And this she's like, Ted, when are you going to, you said you're going to fuck him up for talking that shit about me. <laughs> right. Right. What the, the only fuck, person Ted? who I think maybe doesn't do that is Mitch McConnell. I feel like he's like, yeah, right on. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I'm, he, Cause he's like, I don't even think he's alive. He's like being powered by like fucking fracking gas and like dollar <laughs> bills and shit. Yeah, he yeah. looks like that spirit at the end of Star Wars. That whatever that character is, that the 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 main dude who is the mean villain in the final one. Yeah, with the black robe. Great description. Yep, the main dude, the main villain in Star Wars in the black robe. You know. Yeah, dude, that's McConnell, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I don't know, man. When you no longer have to hide the fact that you are sowing misinformation, when you no longer have to hide voter suppression, which seems to be. Like what, you know, they don't, they're completely unaccountable when it comes to the media. So they're, you know, asking people to physically intimidate voters at certain polling locations. They're shutting polling places down. They're throwing away ballots. They're going to try to legally discount ballots. Yeah. Fiber optic cables are suddenly being disconnected in Virginia the day the registration, the voting registration. Which happened in 2016, too, on the same day. And they sued in 2016. Now they're suing for the same thing in 2020. It's ridiculous. They had to extend the deadline. But it's like, oh, whoops, we were digging in this area and we completely fucked up the fiber optic cables that were powering the state's uh, like IT for voter registration. The New York Times magazine did a look at like voter fraud and how trump is using the claims of voter fraud which has never been a problem but they're using that as like the thing that makes the ground that the whole election stands on uh into like a quicksand like one of the details in this story that i i didn't realize is that in 2000 like they said the basically the modern era of republicans using Uh, claims of voter fraud to win elections and you know suppress votes started in 2000 there was a like as they were doing the recount in a dade county like uh courthouse republican protesters were like surrounded the building broke into the building broke into the room where they were doing the recount and started like slamming on tables and slamming on the walls this was organized by roger stone Yes, that Roger Stone. It was called the, uh, I forget what they called it. Brooks Brothers Revolt or Brooks Brothers Riot. Yeah, the Blue Blazer Riot, the Brooks Brothers Riot. Because they were all dressed in like corpo business attire. That's ridiculous. The board was sufficiently intimidated that they suspended the count less than a quarter of the way through uh, when it had shown a net gain of 160 votes for Gore. And that count never resumed because the Supreme Court called it off. So can you imagine if black or Muslim people did that? It's unbelievable. It's straight up. They just rioted to steal an election. And it like I had to read about it in a New York Times article 20 years later. I learned I learned last night that three of the people on the legal team during that 
Florida recount fiasco were Amy Comey Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Justice Roberts. Mm-hmm. That those are three people who legislated that whole recount fiasco in Florida. And now they're three Supreme Court justices. And it's like, I have no faith that she's not going to get put right the hell through. It feels like. A oh, fiasco. she's definitely going to. And she won't. She's refusing to even say, I, I won't. Like, can, can you imagine if we did steal the election? what she did on a job interview? If you're like, so what would you do if you were hired? And I was like, well, you'll find out when you hire me. Right. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so that's well. Are you gonna work hard? I don't you'll, know, man. You'll you find, to find out, out man. The fuck around and find out, man. I mean, that is like that's sort of standard policy. That's standard procedure for, for justices yeah. to say, like, I'm not gonna tell you how I would rule on that, but I will like point to precedent, um, and then like we would have to judge it on its merits. But like some of just some of the stuff that is like tangentially coming out as she's making those arguments are oh, really like frightening fucked up like when she's, she's talking about can the president ignore a supreme court ruling and she's like well the thing is it's like hold on why are you starting off with the thing is <laughs> right it's not should be no this motherfucker's not above the law it's like well here's the deal i mean we can then interpret the law and make it and give a ruling but then at that point i don't know if we can po- compel from a political standpoint that and now you're saying so you're saying you you don't know or you don't you're like, well, I certainly can't make him do something. That's right. not a good answer right now when we're talking about full blown rat fuckery. Yeah. Climate change. Her response. I'm no scientist, which is like hasn't been even the conservative response since like the 80s. Like that's like yeah. just ridiculous. She referred to like during gay marriage questioning, she referred to that as sexual preference. Again, not even like a thing conservatives say. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it implies that it's just like, hey, whatever you feel like that day. Uh, clearly, you know, you're just making up your mind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. Beverly Hills. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about Halloween Beverly in Beverly Hills. Hills. That's where, where I want. <laughs> All right, um, dude. Weezer, bring us back, Weezer. Uh, yeah, they are. They have officially ruined Halloween. Now, this is more of a local story for us, uh, Angelinos, because uh, Mayor Garcetti excited. of L.A. He first started off with the city of Los Angeles being like, "Yo, no you trick think, or oh, treat. we're trick or treating." You bet. Oh hell no, it's a fucking pandemic. We're not trick or treating. I don't give a fuck what you said. Uh, cut to three hours later. Okay, I am sorry. Uh, do your own thing, L.A. My bad. Didn't mean to like try and look out for y'all as a, as the fucking mayor. Really, all they did just said is like they would actually would av- advise against it. That's that's what they went from being like it ain't happening to like we're gonna say like don't do that. But that's I don't. We'll see what happens in Beverly Hills though. You know, in that little enclave, the mayor is not fucking playing around, and it is a very specific the ban on trick or treating in um, in <laughs> Beverly so Hills. Weird. It says. Specifically, giving candy, toys, or treats to anyone outside one's household is prohibited, no matter if the handouts pass through a front door or the trunk of a car, the latter being known as trunk or treating. Um, they also said the city is banned, has banned, quote, spring shaving cream on others, end quote, though it gave licensed barbers an exemption. Thank God. Beverly Hills residents can also feel free to spray cream mem- spray cream members of their own households within those households. What is the, the mayor the most concerned fucking specific? parent on earth? <laughs> what 
happened to the mayor <laughs> with the shaving cream? Somebody like, sprayed shaving cream. Yeah, on someone they, they got that shaving cream prick and just have never recovered. Yeah. Their whole career has been an excuse to legislate uh, people's ability to sh- to spray cream each other. Um, I, I don't. It's it doesn't even. It's so specific. Like in the actual wording of this, you know, from this city, bam, boom, house to house trick or treating or car to car trick or treating. The second thing that's prohibited is spraying shaving cream on others. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're getting like a bunch of possibly contaminated like liquids on your face or some shit, and it's around. But like, at, it seems like such an overly, overly. I don't, I don't understand. I it. never even did that shit. Yeah, no. The only time I used shaving cream was the with the prank where you put it on someone's hand and then tickle their nose at a sleepover. Uh, and I think right. I that's punishable by death in Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That will put you will get put away for a. They'll long cut your nose off time. for that shit. Um, well, all right, that's good yeah. to know. Do you guys know what you're gonna do for Halloween? How you're gonna celebrate? <laughs> I haven't. Stay I literally anything. have not thought about it once. In fact, the first time I thought about Halloween was about thirty seconds ago when you started talking about the Beverly. Me Hills too. Thing. The Jack. I even forgot that we were even in October when I was like down, like in the summer. I was like, "Oh shit, we're about to hit three years." Because yeah, that was twenty seventeen. I yeah. just realized we were in fucking October, right? Right. Now. We just passed. and isn't yeah. Halloween on like a Friday or Saturday this year? Would have been. It's great. a full moon and it's a blue moon. It's the second uh, full moon of October, which is moon. it's gonna be, and it's uh, Halloween during a pandemic. Uh, my neighborhood gets a lot of trick or treaters, so we have to like figure out what we're gonna do. Um, yeah, what are what are you gonna do? I think just put like a bench out that just says like "see you next year," but then and then just hope people aren't too mad. But mm. I also think like nobody, like none of our neighbors are planning on like doing trick or treating. So there's... I was so excited on New Year's for 2020. I was one of those guys who was like, "2020 is the year." 2020 <laughs> is when like the our symmetry. lives will change. The country will change. We're going to get a new leader. Everything's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, wow. Just like. Life comes at you quick. I've gotten rocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's rough. And it's rough the, on those trick-or-treaters. The naive hope of New Year's, December 31st. I, I can't even remember what the, where the fuck I was on New Year's. Part of me wants to get the PVC pipe and drop the candy down from the second floor. Like yeah. down a slide, not a which bad would be idea. Dope, but then it's like bust some kid's head open. Yeah, like it's and like also velocity. <laughs> <laughs> just like firing them. Here comes some uh, jawbreakers, kids. But you're also like putting pressure on your neighbors to then like come up with some strategy. And also, it's like I for the people receiving the candy, like do they want to receive candy from like some house? You know, that's like but also what do they do? Knock knock on the PVC pipe. Doom doom doom. Yeah. Oh, the in my neighborhood, like you just sit out front and there's a line, like people oh line up. Oh, it's so you're wild. like one of those mobile games, like those mobile zombie games where you just have the machine gun mowing down zombies. Exactly. Where it's like walls of enemies. It's like <laughs> walls of trick or treaters. Just a to turret of candy. Yeah. Yeah. Now oh, shit. Knows, there you go. Candy turret. Everybody yeah. knows Jack doesn't live in Beverly Hills now. That's yeah, one yeah, thing we know. Yeah. That's, that's and that's his for own damn shame. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't. I've never lived in an LA neighborhood that felt like that. At least not in a street that felt like that. I've nah. always felt like like it was dead. I've always yeah. lived in or like 
yeah, I've always lived in a neighborhood where I had to go to another neighborhood uh-huh. to trick or treat. Uh huh. I never lived in like the lit trick or treating neighborhood. Yeah, we did the we did the when I was a kid we did the pillowcases and we mm-hmm. got on, oh yeah we, who didn't and Hell we yeah. got on, we got on bikes. Yeah. Oh shit. So we we would go down to a street, run up and down the street. It was not about fun. It was about who gets yeah. the most candy. numbers. Yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always funny. Yeah, churn, you always churn. There's yeah. always that group of kids that is like sprinting full speed sprinting. when everyone else is like, you know, parents are drinking beers and like, what the fuck was that? A bunch of <laughs> fucking minions ran by me in T Rexes. Yeah. No, for yeah. us it was like, how many pillowcases can I get? Yeah, right. To the did point, you, yo, did you ever bring them to school? Did it ever some people like, yo, check this out, <laughs> and just lay down the heavy bag on you and like getting in trouble? That like the teachers like. You can't bring this shit here. What are, what are you doing? I also grew up in upstate New York where it was freezing by Halloween. Oh, like, yeah. So cold. Yeah. So people Your bike money. had snow chain tires. Oh, my God. And we would, <laughs> we, we would have like parkas on, you know, like a yeah. parka over your ninja costume or whatever. Right. But it yeah. was like, a, you know. And, so and you just look like a ninja so- warming up on the sidelines. <laughs> right. And I, I'm forgetting the brand, but there was like a really popular brand of puffy coat that I think was like first ascent or something like that uh it wasn't north face because we couldn't afford north face it was like whatever mountain was under the the bootleg version of that and first gear or something oh god i'm gonna remember it but anyway i remember like all the old people like well what are you supposed to be this year and i was like i'm cold give me candy and i'm in a rush motherfucker now give me this fucking butterfinger God yeah. damn it. When are you going to get king size? The neighbors got him up the street, man. You look poor <laughs> as fuck. I got to go. And back in the yeah. day, they would give you um, a plastic baggie with homemade cookies sometimes. And I was Whoa. like, oh, nowadays, fuck. no way. Now, no, no one would eat that nowadays. Oh, yeah. Because I remember like when edibles, like weed edibles started. And like that's always like the trick du jour clickbait for conservative Who moms. Who is it's handing like- out? Weed edibles. <laughs> Everyone's like, too expensive. Too expensive. Yeah. I'm wasting what? on no fucking kid. You dumb Better watch out. Look the at the labels. That I'm handing right. kids like what five milligram chocolate covered blueberries or something like that. Is yes. like, those are expensive and I love them. Yeah, like you know how much a tin of chocolate covered kivas cost? Exactly. I'm not balling out of control and I wouldn't waste it on a twelve year old dressed as spider fuck. Because when fuck I go, I'm is. always like I always go and uh throw in a couple of uh chocolate covered kiva tins too, the blueberries, and they're like, Okay, four hundred and fifty four dollars. Like, okay, <laughs> oh. you know what? Let's get rid of those. I'll just take the rolling papers. <laughs> no weed? Nah, nah, nah. How much nah. is that? Uh, that's four hundred. Yeah, three three hundred and sixty dollars. Damn. <laughs> you know, that um, story probably was born out of some fucking parent whose kid found it and had to be quick on their feet, like, oh my yeah, god, someone course. must have given this to Holy of shit! You really course. don't know who our neighbors are. You really Fer- don't. Some Ferris Bueller ass little kid whose right. gullible ass parents are like, "I'm calling the local news. This is bad <laughs> enough." They gave him a whole bong. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lit blunt. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, Halloween cookies, though the the uh, ones that are like basically ones? butter that go around <laughs> that it go. They're like little. Uh, uh, just slice them off. Cupcakes right? that go around the uh, around the uh, Reese's cup, the mini Reese's cup. You know that one? Oh yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes. When you put it in, oh, yeah, yeah. that shit is. Damn! Mm. Shout out to those baked goods. Yeah, yeah. Halloween, um, hot, Halloween has some good baked goods associated with it. Yeah, oh, we all you know, know what? About I think Christmas. that's what I'll do. 
I'm just gonna buy one of those Pillsbury tubes where you slice off the cookies, like the the pumpkin ones. <laughs> yeah, eat like three of those. Oh, smoke yeah. a blunt, uh, and watch watch some like fucking Arsenal highlights, and we're yeah. good to go, baby. Yeah, play a little Halloween music's pretty fun too. There's like some good spooky jams. Mm-hmm. Always My favorite feel like somebody's song. watching me. Thriller, Monster Mash. Monster Mash is a jam. Yeah, we were playing that this morning in my house. It Yo, was a paybox. Hey, is there a Dave Matthews uh, Halloween album? There is a Dave I, Matthews creepy song. It's called And Another Thing. There's oh, also God. a Dave Matthews song called Halloween, I think. There is. Which, yeah. And there's a Dave Matthews song called Warehouse is kind of creepy too. Um, but the And Another Thing is weird. It's the song where like he's just like, Oh, and it's just—it's really weird. It's on the crash. I just album. looked. I just looked up the the lyrics to Halloween, and like, <laughs> like this could be just a random word generator's version of Dave Matthews lyrics. The first verse: "Hey, little dreamers, eyes open and staring up at me." It's like that's, that's <laughs> I just love that such song. a Dave Matthews ass lyric. He's like, hey, uh, little dreamer's eyes. <laughs> oh, little lonely eyes, open and radiant. Hell yeah, Dave. Stay with what you do. Dave knows what he does. It's, he knows what he's good at, and he does it. Is Halloween about being rejected three times after proposing marriage? Is it? I don't, I don't know. Like, when you look at like people's like uh, like genius analysis of the lyrics, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> Why this lonely? Why this lonely love? That's the, I wonder if artists. Yeah, though, that's that's not very Halloween. Their... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take a turn there, Dave. I wonder if artists look at their genius though uh, interpretations and are like, really? Oh, huh? Okay, interesting. Cool. Good. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's deep. Okay. <laughs> Bezad, it's been a pleasure having you as always, man. Where can people uh, find you? Follow you. My Instagram and my Twitter are my name at Bezad Dabu, which is B E H Z A D D A B U. Please follow me for cool takes, good takes, always good takes. Hell yeah. There we go. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Claudia Conway. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Yeah, she's the savior she's of the cool. Republic. A fifteen-year-old. I thought it was has like a, a terrible joke. home life. I thought it was a joke in the beginning, but the way she dealt with like she put up a poll and she was like, "Who should adopt me?" and it was like Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, and AOC. And I was like, <laughs> "I I love it." And like like she loves AOC. She supports Black Lives Matter. She says defund the police, and she has. Evil spawn his mom and she says it and I I I love it. I also loved the when she they were like, Yeah, you and your dad gotta get out. And her response was, My dad's a horrible Republican too, just because he hates Trump. Don't give him a pass. I was like, Wow. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray. Um also 90 Day Fiance fans, check me out on 420 Day Fiance. And even also if you like The Bachelor or Bachelorette more specifically, I'm on uh this week's episode or well, the episode one of the episodes that dropped this week of Will You Accept This Rose with Arden Marine on iHeartRadio uh with Lacey Mosley actually. I'm talking shit about all these new Bachelorette contestants without oh, hearing them say a single word and my takes are magma level hot. Uh and some might be so hot I may have to come back and give me you know, apologize to some. Wait, people. so you're giving your take just based on pictures of them? Yeah, because there's like a roster of like all the contestants right. where it's just a headshot and bio. 
And Got some, it. like, one guy was like, he manages cover bands of 90s boy bands. And I'm like, this guy I is love in him. trouble. I love like, him. His whole identity him. is being trapped in 98. Please. I love I him. I love 90s also, covers. Yeah. Also, this man might be holding on to his youth in a dangerous way. Uh, now, a tweet that I like, uh, shout out to at Starfall Systems for even shouting me, being like, hey, check this tweet up because I'm not really on here. So I like the mentions. I like, you know, they're not, they're, they're pretty wholesome. So shout out to you for uh, shouting this tweet out. Uh, it's from Mike Drucker at Mike Drucker. Um, quote t- tweeting Senator, Senator Marsha Blackburn that says, the word abortion does not appear in the Constitution. And Mike Drucker tweets, Neither does the word PlayStation, but I wake up grateful every morning that both have kept me from being a father. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple of tweets I've been enjoying. Katie Golden did a whole thread with people requesting fictional animals and she would actually find the real animal just based on her knowledge of like adorable and weird animals uh so find katie golden follow her she is a an amazing follow uh at katie golden k-t-i-e-g-o-l-d-i-n uh and then another tweet i've been enjoying mass convulsions tweeted michael jackson's pronouns are he he Succeeded if I've made Miles say stupid under his breath. (laughs) Find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding out on today? Okay, we're going out on a L.A., just OG of the beat scene, Ross G., uh, and this is a track called Dirty Cutlass. Uh, and this is some great sample-based uh, instrumental music. Rashi, you know, uh, remember Lowen Theory, <laughs> like I do for the old heads. Uh, yeah. Yes, some cool shit. Um, yeah, and Dirty Cutlass. I, I've been talking about cutlasses a lot, but for, you know, people in the West Indies and uh, Africa, we call, they call that, what we call a machete, they call cutlass. So it's a oh, dirty cutlass. Yeah. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.